Hello, and welcome to a Valentine's Day edition of My Coach Kate. Love is in the air this week. And so I have been thinking about couples and their love languages. Wouldn't it be nice and wouldn't it be easy if couples generally came together and had a common love language? Isn't that what all of the dating and getting to know each other in the beginning of a relationship is for? But usually at the beginning of a relationship, both parties are on their best behavior, putting all of their best moves out there. And all of that dopamine and the happy chemicals that your brain gets from experiencing something new and fun might get in the way of really learning about your partner's true love language. Is it possible you can go through all of that dating and still not really learn which one of the five most common languages your partner speaks in? And then to make things even more complicated, most people might speak one language in what they like to receive from their partner, but they might speak a completely different love language when they show their love to their partner. They have a giving language and a different receiving language. So they are bilingual when it comes to love languages. Now, of course, usually their partner will tend to speak completely different love languages and sometimes are also bilingual in that way. So we are talking about multilingual households when it comes to love languages, and we want to make sure that everyone understands all of that different communication. So let's start this podcast out by talking about exactly what are those five most common love languages. There can definitely be other languages besides these five, but for today, we are going to go over the most common ones. Number one is words of affirmation. So that is the language of love in which you tell your partner how you feel what you think of them. You express your love verbally. You give compliments. In this one language, we will also include written words and notes and texts and messages and all forms of words. But one could argue that some people might value the written word over verbal affirmations. So they might count that as a separate language if that's the case for them. But that is our first language. The second one is acts of service. This can be cooking a special meal, taking care of your partner's car, doing tasks for each other, bringing your husband or wife a cup of coffee. Anything that comes under the umbrella of doing tasks to please your partner. The third language is gifts. Gifts don't only have to be for birthdays, holidays, and special occasions. And they also don't have to be expensive, fancy gifts. Although for some people, price and the quality of the gifts do matter for them, as their particular dialect of their language specifies for them. But for some people, the gifts language might also include 
silly little small token gifts that show someone that you were just thinking about them when you weren't with them. Number four is quality time spent together. This might include things like going out on dates. And for some people, it specifically means dates. For others, it might be more about time spent away together, such as a weekend away or holidays. And then for others, it's about daily or weekly quality time together at home. That might mean time without your phones, without distractions, when you can really connect. For some, that might also include specific times of day, such as morning coffee together, or after work, or at the end of the day, this time spent connecting. And finally, number five is physical touch. This doesn't necessarily have to be sexual in nature, but might be touch outside of the bedroom. It might be hand-holding or PDA or even specific types of touch, such as hugs, massage, foot rubs, or even a casual touch when you pass by each other in the hallway. Those are the most common love languages. So which one do you speak? You might even speak a little bit of everything, but if you really consider this and think about it, most likely there is one language that really touches your heart when your husband or wife or partner shows their love in that way. There is also another language, or it might even be the same language, in which your love just naturally flows out of you. If you are not sure which one that might be, Then think about when you are having really loving thoughts about your partner. You are feeling good, you're having a great day, and you're thinking about that person, and your heart just really feels full. You really want to do something nice for your partner. What are you going to do? Whatever it is that comes to mind first will give you a clue of your giving language. Some of us naturally want to cook a special meal or do that task that hasn't gotten done around the house that you know would really make a person happy if it were done. If that's the case, then acts of service is your giving language. But if it's an idea to order something or run out to the store, then it's gifts that make you feel like you are expressing your love. As far as your receiving language, I don't want you to think of how your particular partner, if you currently have one, about how they show their love. I don't want you to think about your receiving language based on what their giving language is. I want you to determine what your receiving language is based on what really makes you feel truly loved. Again, this might be the same way that you want to give your love, but it might not be the same. Since humans tend to have a negative bias, meaning our attention is usually drawn more towards what is negative in our environment, we can use this little fact as a trick to figure out our love language. Instead of thinking of what makes you feel really loved, 
the easiest way to figure this out is to think of the times when you are not feeling really loved by your partner. When you are feeling neglected and not cared for, it might be more obvious to identify what is missing and how you wish your partner would show their love. The reason this is easier to identify is because of that negative bias. Sometimes your partner is showing love, but in their love language, they feel like they are doing it all of the way, but it's not in the language that really touches your heart and makes you feel the love. Once you identify the languages that you speak in, then do the same for your partner if you have a partner right now. And then take a look at all of those four languages. You might not have four different ones. Some of you might even have just one language all around. If that's the case, then there's a good chance that your languages are very well spoken and you can feel that in the result of a strong relationship. Now, some of you might have different languages, but if your receiving language matches your partner's giving language and vice versa, then you will probably also have that same great result. It's lucky if your languages match, but there are a few things that I want to point out for all of the rest of you when your languages mismatch. All hope is not lost. Probably most of us fall into this category. Here are things to keep in mind. First of all, we usually can dabble a bit in several languages. We might have a primary one, one that just makes your heart feel more full than the others, but most of us have a few that feel really meaningful to us. Of course, some of us have one that really just either doesn't do too much for us or it can even be eternal. Some people can't really tolerate words of love. They just find it sappy or unnecessary. They might enjoy all of the others. And then there are others that don't put a lot of weight into gifts, but who want those verbal expressions of love. And the same goes for the giving language as well. If you feel that gift giving is just not your strength, you might feel like you are willing to be giving in all of the other areas. Some of us might feel particularly strong in one or two areas, but might feel more uncomfortable with several others. But another thing that I want to point out is that the love languages that you prefer might change over time. When you are younger and first experiencing dating, Maybe gifts and verbal affirmations are more important to you. But as you get older, your preferences might change, and maybe acts of service and physical touch are more important than the others. Everyone is different. Most of us don't stay exactly the same as we grow and learn to value different things, even as we get to know ourselves better. Now let's talk about what to do when you are mismatched. As I said, all is not lost. Of course, you know what I'm going to say is the first step. It's always the first step in everything that we talk about in this podcast. It's awareness. 
It's okay if you speak languages that are different from your partner if the first thing that you do is to become aware that there are different love languages. Once this is clear, then you want to understand each other's. The most common problem with couples who don't have this level of understanding is that the giver with a certain language wants their partner to feel the love of what it is that they are giving. But sometimes that is not the language that translates into feeling the love. I'll give you an example. If a husband expresses his love through acts of service and is expecting his partner to recognize all of the work and effort that he puts into expressing his feelings that way, but his partner is looking for words of affirmation and gifts, then there is going to be frustration on both partners' parts without having some understanding about this multi-language mismanage. Another example is a wife who expresses her love through spending quality time together. She plans elaborate dates and is ready and receptive and available. If her partner does not receive that as an expression of love and is not able to engage his or her attention that way, but then is also feeling neglected without let's say, physical touch or gifts, then there will also be frustration there. But with communication and understanding, that frustration can be avoided. I think that my preferences have also changed over time. I definitely used to be all about acts of service and even affirmation of love, both verbal and little notes. Cooking a special meal was definitely the way that I wanted to express myself. It wasn't just a dinner to me, but really it was a gift of love. Now, I tend to view food and making meals a little differently. I think of food more as fuel for your body rather than an expression of feelings. I do appreciate acts of service, but I think that my giving and receiving languages more lie now with spending good quality time together and physical affectionate touch, kind that is more casual and affectionate and small. I love a good back rub and even the quick touch on your back or your arm or your hair as you walk by each other in the kitchen. That means a lot to me. When it comes to gifts, I want the gifts, both giving and receiving, that are trips or dates or times where quality time can be spent, not gifts of things. Other than more quality time, gifts just really aren't important to me. I've gotten to the point where I just don't want more things and stuff. I really just want time together. That is the good stuff for me. Luckily, I have a wife who is very similar to me. We tend to value the same things. She does tend to still be really big on acts of service as her giving love language, but quality time is up there as one of her biggest as well. I feel very fortunate that we are well matched, and it's also something that we talk about. 
I have learned to recognize that when she does a lot of tasks around the house, and then she lists them all off for me, that it's an expression of love. Even though it's not my very top favorite one to receive, I can still be aware of what it means to her to give that. And then I can receive it from her with the knowledge of what her intention is. By the same token, when I give my full undivided attention to her as an expression of my affection in wanting to spend some time with her, and if it isn't received with the enthusiasm in which I am giving it, I can gently make her aware that it is being given as a gift. Even if it isn't on the top of her list at the moment, I can help her to be aware of what my intention is behind it. I am hoping that you are in a situation that this can bring a little extra dimension to your relationship this Valentine's Day. If you are not currently with a partner, all of this can still apply in how you express your affection for your family members your friends, and all of the important people in your life. It helps to be aware that there are intentions behind actions that might or might not be received in the same way as the giver intends. It helps to know this, and I hope that it's something that can enrich your life even just a little bit this month. I wish you all a happy Valentine's Day and a wonderful week. Until next time, my friends. 